again to another edition of Intentional Conversations with Mike Sandlin. On Intentional Conversations, we seek to interview leaders in men's ministries to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors to reach men in today's culture, discussing issues men face every day. This is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry. Now, welcome again, Mike Sandlin. Well, welcome to another edition of Intentional Conversations. I appreciate you joining us together as we look at insights, ideas, and information, and we talk to men's leaders. Uh, one of the things we like to do is, uh, is talk to men's leaders throughout the nation. And today, I'm privileged to have one of my good friends that we've had on the program several times over the last few months, and that's Michael Rivera, who's up in the Massachusetts area of the states. And uh, Mike, thanks for joining me again. Thank you for inviting me. Amen. It's great. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I like to interview our men's leaders all over the country, uh, kind of promote this uh, podcast as a men's leader who interviews men's leaders. And uh, and so that's, uh, that's something we need to fully understand as far as the importance of speaking into our men's lives. And I think as you and I have talked before, um, a lot of churches are failing to do that. And one of the things that uh, we want to talk about is the importance of men pouring into other men's lives but sometimes for men to do that they've got to look at their own lives and understand their own lives and they've got to evaluate their lives you know in uh, the book of lamentations in chapter 3 verse 40 it tells us to examine our lives mm. necessary repent and return to the lord uh, i've been teaching uh, for the last several weeks about israel turning their backs on god and uh just prior to the Assyrian and Babylonian invasions that took them out into exile. And it's so important to help us to understand that when judgment comes, then it doesn't just affect those who are doing evil, but it even affects the remnant that, that is there still trying to follow God. And, and we need to uh, be sure that we are following the Lord in the manner he wants. And men, we need you to step up and help lead other men. And what Mike and I are going to talk about today is the importance of keeping the fire burning in our lives. And, uh, and if you're any fireman out there is listening, any volunteer <laughs> fireman or, or a professional fireman that are listening, you understand the anatomy of a fire. Uh, my son is a professional fireman. He was telling me there's a fourth element to it than uh, last night when I was talking to him, but, but, uh, and I can't remember what that is, but, uh, uh, I'm sure he'll tell me again, but you know, when I was coming up, and I'm sure when Mike Rivera was coming up, the three things that we're told it's about a fire is you had to have fuel, you had to have heat, and you had to have oxygen to keep a fire going. You take any one of those away, and the fire will eventually die out. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the spiritual triangle of fire. And the verse that we're going to work off of, and then I'm going to, I'm going to share this verse and then I'm going to let Michael speak a little bit on his side of it, what his thoughts are. And that comes from Leviticus chapter 6. Leviticus Ooh. chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. I'm going to read verse 9, and then I'm going to jump down and read verses 12 and 13. Here's what it says. The fire must be kept burning on the altar. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offering on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. 
That was a command that God gave to Moses to tell the priest to keep that fire burning because that fire burning was representing that he was there with them and that uh, and, and so forth. Now, in today's culture, we still need to keep that fire burning, but it's burning within our lives. And so we have a spiritual triangle. We're going to share that with you here in just a bit. But I want Michael to talk a little bit about that verse and uh, maybe a little another section of that verse uh, of, of that in the book of Leviticus that I didn't mention, but he, he and I was talking about it before we came on the air with this program. So, Michael, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I want to thank you, man. When I uh, read it again, it was like, man, uh, Jeremiah calls it like fire shut up in my bones. It just turned me on. But the command that God was telling the priest, these priests had to take this seriously. You know, first it was a command to Moses, you know, because uh, the sin offering and uh, coming before the Lord, you had to deal uh, a certain way. You had to come a certain way to God. And uh, he gives a list right on the first eight chap, uh, first eight verses of this. Of you know, you don't come to him uh, falsely swearing. You don't come to him lying. You don't you know you don't come to him with robbery or or, or larceny in your heart and things of that nature. When you start reading the stuff that he's saying, all the stuff that we deal with on a daily basis, where men struggle with, uh, as human beings, we struggle with. We struggle with. Uh, identity, we struggle with, with lies. God said, listen, you need to take care of business, and this is the way you're going to take care of business. Moses, tell these priests that I want this fire to burn, and there's a purpose for his burning. And so they began with instructions. You know, one of the things that we do as men is that uh, <laughs> we've been guilty of, or we've been told, we don't we don't like to look at instructions, we look at pictures. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I think Ikea had it, had, it, had it put together when they did that because if you look at, when you buy something from Ikea that's got to be put together, it's all pictures. It's just <laughs> very well, few words. Yeah, this, this caricature, putting this thing here, putting that thing here, putting that yeah. thing here. But God tells uh, Moses to tell Aaron and the command to, to do this burning. And the purpose of the burning was to make sure that the light of Israel was still on that people can see that God is God's presence is still there. Amen. You know? And as long as you keep that burning, but the thing is the element in which he used the two elements he used as, as Moses says, it was wood. I mean, you need wood, but also fat. Mm -hmm. Fat is that part of the animal that's not needed. Mm -hmm. Fat is that part of the animal you can't eat. It, it, there's no nutritional value within that part of the animal in sense. So I want you to burn that. When we take that on a practical level in our life, what is it those things that we don't need in our lives? We need to offer that to God in the, in the fire. That's the first thing. We need to get rid of those things because eventually, guess what's going to happen with all that junk in your life? You know, it's going to wear you down. You're not going to serve God. You're not going to do what God wants you to do. Your family gets affected. Your children get affected by your behavior because you have not brought the burning fat to the altar or the fat to the altar to burn. Mm -hmm. So when you do this and you're obedient, you continually have this fire burning. That's the uh, one of the illustrations here. Uh, um, the interesting thing about that is that we need to be very careful how we deal with this fire. Because, uh, Mike, as we were talking earlier, I said, did you read chapter 10? Concerning uh, <laughs> this, read chapter 10, chapter 10 was amazing. And in chapter 10, you know, uh, uh, let me see if I could 
really look into this right here. Chapter 10, God tells uh, Moses to tell Aaron or Aaron's sons and his elders. They, they took some the, the, the wrong fat or the wrong items to have uh, a fire burning. And, they, and God called it unsanctioned or unauthorized fire. Another version will say strange fire. And when that happened, the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed them. It mm -hmm. consumed them. Wow. You got to stop and think about that. You know, what is strange fire? What is that, that thing that doesn't belong at the altar? You know, and, and men struggle with many things. As, as we talked earlier, we, we struggle with uh, 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 identity. Who are we in Christ? I think that's one of the things men struggle with is identity. You know, uh, we struggle in our prayer life. We struggle in our reading, uh, devotional reading of the word of God. You know, we rather listen to somebody else than to crack a book and look at words. Now, listen, I, I understand with some men, they have struggles with words. I, I understand that because I'm, I'm that kind of guy. Sometimes I struggle with words. I just found out that I'm dyslexic. <laughs> You know, so I, I, I can write something and then after I finish writing it, I look, I say, what the heck that I just wrote? It's all mixed up. And so I know what I want to say, but writing it uh, is different. So I, I understand that. But either way, the desire of reading God's word. What is the man's desire of not reading God's word? <laughs> well, you know, you know, one of the things that that. When we talked about fire, and we were talking about a minute ago, fuel, fuel, oxygen, and um, and heat. That uh, you know, I was sharing with you when we were talking that a lot of times when I make a make a uh, when I talk to men and I talk about this fire situation, that I equate the fuel of their spiritual fire, the fire within their lives, as reading the word, as mm. reading the Bible, putting putting you know, understanding the word and hiding that word in your heart. You know, we when we look at uh, Joshua, when Joshua was being commissioned to take over the Israelites, and he was preparing them to cross the the Jordan River into the Promised Land and and take over that area, uh, he was told. He said uh, he was told, "Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but to meditate on it day and night, so that you would be careful to do everything that's written in it." And we cannot do everything that's written in it if we don't spend time in the word. If we don't spend time in, in chewing on that word and letting it find residence in our lives and being able to being able to regurgitate it at a, a, at a moment when we need a specific word from scriptures to be able to deal with the situation. I think that's probably a little bit about where you where you were kind of headed to, but we need to we need to be able to do that. Oh, oh, no, yeah, yeah. And I think that fuels the fire within us. Uh, mm -hmm. Constantly uh, chewing the cud, constantly feeding that fire within us and the desire uh, for us to read God's word. You know, the, the Psalm 119 earlier is filled with the psalmist talking about desiring, longing, craving for the word of God. Um, I think there was one uh, that was written here. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Well, how do you hide God's word? You got to read it. Amen. 
<laughs> you gotta read it, you know? And and then and then the next portion of that same verse says, Teach me your decrees. Well, how would you know if you don't read and also at the same time be a disciple of somebody to be taught how to read? You know, and so the challenge for men is one is being under somebody to learn how to read. Guys, if you're out there and you're listening to this, man, and you desire God's word, but you don't know how to approach it, find a teacher within your church. Find Amen. someone that says, I want to be discipled and let that person teach you and watch the fire burn in your life. Amen. You know, you, you probably may not uh, have certain things lined up in your life. And maybe the reason for that is because you're not doing what God wants you to do. You probably you probably are almost in danger of using strange fire, other supplements to try to, to fulfill your heart. And only God is the only one that can fulfill those desires of your heart. And the way that happens, Mike, is, is really craving for his word and going after him. You know, it's like a kid uh, uh, who, who keeps pulling your coat and said, Daddy, Daddy, can I have some ice cream? You know? And so forth, and, and he gives him that ice cream, and he goes at it. He just, he's just loving it. And, and so that desire that that kid has is wanting the flavor of what the item that he has in his tongue. Well, the Bible tells us the word of God is like honey, dripping, and we desire that. And so I, I bet you some guys are asking, well, how do you get that desire? How do you do that? Uh, one. Find a, find a teacher in your church, in your local church, someone who, who knows the word of God, who's ready to grab others to disciple them. You, it could be your men's leader, you know? Grab a hold of him and say, hey, I want to be a disciple. And learn from his uh, teachings and then practice it. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Mike. Have, I, I've been taught how to tie my shoe at the age of <laughs> four, four years old. I was taught. Hey, man, I'm 68 years old. I still have trouble tying my shoe. <laughs> you know, taught how to tie. And, and it, was a, it, was, it was a challenge because dexterity, you know, yeah. how to use your fingers and putting a knot together and so forth. But, but I was taught. Now I'm, I'm, 60, I'm 68 myself. And I know how to tie my shoe. Why? Because someone took the time out to teach me how to tie my shoe. Men, are, are you learning how to tie your shoe with God's word? Hey, well, you know, the other thing, aspect, you know, you're talking about strange fire. Um, we cannot recognize strange fire if we don't know the word. You know, if you don't, if you don't understand the word, if you're, if you don't have the word hidden in your heart, if you're not meditating on that word, if you're not reading that word regularly to help, help you know, you know, fill your life with that word, when when strange fire, which is false teachings or people trying to get you to unthink that this is in the Bible, this is what the Bible says when it really doesn't, you're not going to know any better. Yeah, you know, you're not going to be able to challenge that and say. You know, where's that in the word? I don't remember ever reading that in the word. You know, two of the two of the most famous sayings I heard when I was growing up, which is kind of mundane based on what we hear today in the world, is you know, godliness is next. So cleanliness is next to godliness. You know, and God helps those who helps themselves. You know, we're you know, I, I don't know how many times I was told, you know, just as the Bible says. 
cleanliness is next to godliness and, and God helps those they help with. That is nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere, you know. Can, but, can you God helps those who help themselves. I'm in a ditch. How am I going to help myself? You know, I need help. I need someone. You know, and the Bible is clear concerning that. I mean, uh, we share a, a, a portion of scripture that we uh, we both identify with as Ecclesiastes 4 and 9. And oh, uh, yeah. Then, you know, we, you know, two are better than one. You know, why? Because they bring a, be a better benefit. But woe or pity or have mercy on the man who falls and has nobody to pick him up. Where does that story come in? You know, God helps those who help themselves. Well, obviously, those are lies that that the enemy has placed in the minds of people. And then we we fall into it because it sounds good, but it isn't. Uh, yeah. So it's itching to the ears. Some lies that men believe, and we need to we need to uh, somehow the disciplers, the teachers, the men's leaders out there, guys. If you're a man's leader, I, I pray that you have turned up the fire in your heart and don't let it run out. That you will be the match to strike for a revival in your church with men, uh, and and the right fire and not strange fire. And the story goes that that the strange fire when these guys. The sons of Aaron did what they did. God sent his fire and consumed them. What does that say? It could suggest that in strange fire, it'll take our life. It'll take our life away. And, and we will never get to experience the relationship with God. It'll just take us away. You know, you mentioned false teachers. And yeah, it'll take your life away. False teachers. It'll suck you right through. Guys, yeah. don't be deceived by the enemy. He comes very subtle. He comes very slow. And he nitpicks at something that you like. And then he takes you away from God. That's not, that's not the fire of God. The fire of God draws you to him and changes your life. Uh, I think that's important to know, Mike, uh, that, that strange fire. You mentioned that there's certain elements uh, that starts off with fire, you know, I believe oxygen is one of them. You know, I, I'm not a fireman, but I, I know I, being in New York, I've seen a lot of fires, <laughs> you know, but oxygen is a fuel uh, that makes the fire move, you know, and I cannot imagine to be in California where you have those forest fires that constantly is eating up the trees, you know, constantly eating up the trees. It takes oxygen, and, 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 and we want to take that analogy with oxygen. If oxygen is the fuel that makes fire not stop and it keeps going, then what is it that's equivalent to us here in, on the earth among human beings? What's the equivalent thing? And the only thing that I can think of is, 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 is uh, joining with other brothers, brotherhood. Fellowship, fellowship. Fellowship, brotherhood, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, fellowship is one of the more major keys of... Uh, of growing and also desiring God's word, you know? I mean, you cannot be isolated by yourself, you know? You can't be an island to yourself because God didn't make us that way, you know? And I, I don't want to take this scripture out of context, but you'll, you'll understand it when I say it. When, when, uh, when God, after creation, created everything in the animals, he made man. And then after all, he says, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the worst things that a man can be is alone with his own thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the worst thing. He'll go crazy. 
Oh, he'll get him. He'll get him in trouble. I mean, it will get him in trouble in a heartbeat. You know, I, I use I use cheesecake as an illustration for sin because I think a lot of people like cheesecake. Oh, yeah, che che cheesecake. You know, but yeah, please don't take this wrong, but cheesecake can be sinful, man. <laughs> it's so good, you know. And when the doctor tells you don't eat that stuff, man, I just want a little taste, just a taste. No, don't eat that stuff. Even Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refuses sin, you know, sin. He refused that pleasure of sin, you know? And so Moses refused it because there's a pleasure in it. There's a, let me taste that. Get away from it, guys. Get away from that strange fire. You take, you take, you, you take, you take that one little. I'm just gonna take a bite. I'm just gonna take a little bite of that cheesecake, just a little bit, you know. And you take that bite, and you say, mm, "That was good." Let me have a little bit more, you know. Yeah. And, Talking about cheesecake and, and, and strange fire. Listen, I got a friend of mine out in New York. Uh, he had an incident that happened to his life. Uh, you know, he. he uh, I don't want to get too much of a detail because if if he's listening, he's gonna beat me up. But the thing is this. He does a lot of work with a particular organization, and, and he defends individuals. This person that he was defending was a, a beautiful young lady, you know? And, and this beautiful young lady was complimenting him and how he dressed and so forth. So what happens is that they're saying goodbye, you know? And he, for some reason, you know, he compelled to give her a hug. And he kissed her supposedly on the cheek. She turned her head and they smacked lips. Now he's married. Mm. He called me up immediately. Mike, 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 I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. What's the matter, bro? I, I, I did something wrong, man. I, I shouldn't have done it. Eh, but it just caught me in into the thing. And I, and I felt it. I, I knew the conviction of God in my life. I said, what happened, man? And then he told me what happened. I said, isn't that a weird feeling when you break God's word? When you violate, you cross that line. Isn't that a weird feeling? You don't want to live that way, right? He goes, no, man, I, I, I messed up. And I said, well, this is the, how you're going to deal with this person now. Oh, I'm going to hand it over to somebody else. It's a good idea. <laughs> you know, hand it over to somebody else. And, and, and the thing is, is that men will find themselves in that kind of strange fire. That strange fire. It takes you away from the presence of God. It takes you away from, you know, if you're not sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit, then you won't feel that guilt. You will violate God's word completely. You won't feel that guilt. But God will go after you until you will come to him. Either that or you'll be consumed by the strange fire, you know. And I think God doesn't want us to be consumed, man, by strange fire, you know. Uh, another part, I think, uh, of strange fire that men lack in, in uh, is, is prayer. You know, men lack in prayer. I think, you know, Paul said it this way. We don't know how to pray as we are. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that. Mike, if you can remember, your, I don't know how long you've been saved, but I've been saved for 44 years. In those 44 years, you know how many books were written on prayer? <laughs> I don't know. There's tons of them. And yet we still don't know how to pray. <laughs> we oh, don't man, know. I tell you, what, I don't know how many times when in my young life and I was trying to learn how to pray and when I needed to go, I, I find a book on prayer and I buy it. You know what? That book really didn't help me out at all. 
Yeah. One hour. Yeah. I don't want to take anything away from people, authors who have written books on prayer. I'm, right. I'm sure. I'm sure that God has really used some, you know, those books in some ways. But for me, it, it really didn't teach me how to pray. It's yeah. being in the Word of God. Yeah. It's being, being in the Word. Being in God's Word. That's right. Being right. in God's Word. And, and learning, book, learning how to learning how to pray God's word. Uh, yeah. What I did for myself because it was one of my struggles, I wrote a pamphlet, just a simple pamphlet of, mm -hmm. of a prayer list. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a it's not a formula to pray. It's just for me to concentrate on praying. Yeah. So the first thing is that I put down his worship. The second part is is put I thank I thank him. For all the things that he's done for me. And the third part, I begin to supplicate. In other words, I pray for the needs of others, the church, our community, our oh, yeah. family, you know, uh, 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 whatever ministries and so forth. And then I leave myself for the very, very end. If I even get to myself, you know, I leave that to the end. And then I end it off with worship again, you know, and thanking him for answered prayer. And that's it's the same thing over and over again. I just keep doing that. The list may change, you know, but it keeps you focused. And I keep myself focused. I be reading his word. You know, there's a moment within that prayer list that you have to read his word, you know, and then get it back into into a uh, prayer. But we don't know how to pray. And I think, Mike, we're not teaching folks how to pray. No, no, we're, we're not in a lot of ways. Now, see, I do things just a little bit different when it comes to that in the morning. I read the Word. Um, one of the first things, you know, I um, kind of say, good morning, God, you know, before I read the Word. Kind of set the tone, so to speak. And then I get in the Word, and I read the Word, and then I go into prayer, and I, and I begin to pray. And I do pray for myself first because yeah. I know there's probably something I have done or said mm -hmm not realizing that I have done something that dishonored God or, or not brought glory to his name. And I want to make sure that I, that I um, ask forgiveness for that before I go into praying for my wife, because going back to that scripture that you and I have talked about in first, first Timothy, excuse me, first Peter chapter three, verse seven, about living with your wives in an understanding way. And uh, as a weaker vessel and she's joint heirs with us in, in Christ so that our prayers will not be hindered, you know, and I want to make sure that that I'm right with God uh, in, in my life before I go and start lifting other people up in prayer. And then, like you said, I have a list of list of things that I want to pray about. You know, I pray for my children every day. I pray for my grandchildren every day. And, um, and and then I have a number of people that I pray through throughout. I pray for my extended family. I pray for my wife's extended family. I pray for the people in the church. I pray for the people in the classes that I teach and the individual men that I meet on a, on a regular basis throughout the week. I pray for those guys, you know, uh, every, every week. And it's, it's so important, but it's so important for us to be in the right frame of mind with God when we do that. So we don't be flippant about it and, uh, and and be arrogant about it, but we'll come to him in a very humble way and in a very um, uh, 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 way of, of asking him to, to really bless these people and deal with their situations, whatever it may be. You know, we're coming up on our time. I hate to say this, Michael, but I'm oh. going to say, say this. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll we'll continue this conversation in future future podcasts because we need to get into more on prayer and we need to get into more on talking about fellowship. Prayer would be in the heat 
that uh, uh, stokes that fire, so to speak, and the fellowship, the, the oxygen that, that keeps that fire burning, keeps it going, and so to speak. And we'll talk more about those in future podcasts. But uh, I want to say this about, you know, to be a real man, there's a lot of talk in our culture today about being a real man. What is a real man? And there's a lot of talk about toxic mos- masculinity, excuse me, toxic masculinity. And like, you know, being being a man is a bad thing. But, you know, when you really get into the word, you understand the word, a real man courageously follows God's word. Amen. He follows God's word. And and I took that read, uh, excuse me, real, I took that real and kind of made it an acronym of four different words that we need to apply, I think, into our lives. And when you look at real, R-E-A-L, that R stands for read, R-E-A-D, read. That we need to read the word. We need to be in the word. And then that E is execute. Now, when you read it, execute what you read into your life. Make it become part of your life. And then when you look at the A, it's apply. Once you read it, you've executed it into your life. That's part of your life. Now, apply it from your life into whatever area it needs to be applied. Or maybe you still need to, maybe you need to apply it within your life, too, on certain, certain things God's teaching us that we should or should not do. And then that L is a key one. You need to be a learner. You need to be a learner. And that's the first definition of a disciple is that there are, that you are a learner, that you, uh, you, you are constantly learning more about the word of God and who the character of God is so that you can be that fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, that you can be in an intentional, loving relationship with them, and then you can take all that that you've been, that's that's been placed into your life, and you can re- reproduce it into other men when you begin to speak into their lives. And I and I, I would like for men to fully understand that: read the word, execute the word, apply the word in their lives, and be a learner of the Word of God. You know, I, I I agree with you, Mike. That that word "real" is it, it it's to be real, not a yeah. fake. That letter yeah. A uh, applying. Once you've read it and you execute, now the application of it, living it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said this: your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk will ever talk. You know, and you could say, you could tell me you're a Christian all day long, but I, I want to see it as James says, show it to me. And uh, you reminded me of a scripture out of Peter, Second uh, Peter. It says that uh, add to your faith. You say, apply to your faith. Apply these things. What is it? He says, uh, virtue, uh, uh, knowledge, temperance, uh, when patience and godliness and brotherly kindness. You know, and then he continued, when you have done these things, when you have practiced these things, you will not fail or you will not fall, you know? And so the, you don't want to fall. You don't want to uh, violate God's word. Practice, 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 Amen. you know? I think, I think uh, 35th president of uh, the United States, JFK, said this. Um, he says, um, oh, my goodness. What did he say? <laughs> he said a lot of things. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, one man, one man can make a change. Everyone should try it. Yeah. One man can make a change. Everyone should try it. And if we apply the God's word in our life, you know, and we walk the way we should be talking, 
Man, we could set a fire and a, and, a, and, a, and a revival within our community, within our church, within our home. Your wife will love you, man. Your kids will adore you, you know, because you're presenting the kingdom of God to them. And with that, your house represents the kingdom of God. You, you talked about Joshua, you know. I mean, Joshua was, was, was really on fire. Everybody else was doing their own thing. He says, hey, let me tell you something, guys. For me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Yes, man. Amen. Me, me and my house, you can do whatever you go ahead, do what you want. I'm going to show you what the kingdom of God is in my house. And he was serious about that uh, because he didn't want to depart from the word of God. And, uh, and it dripped out of his mouth as he obeyed God's word. This is a guy who stood outside Moses' tent, you know, listening to Moses and God speak. He was he was faithful to that. This was a disciple of Moses. Uh, and man, I crave, I was, I, I crave for men to find a discipler and they could stand outside of the tent and desiring to hear, desiring to apply, desiring to be on fire for God and that others can take note. Uh, especially if you're married, man. Guys, don't don't hinder your wife. Uh, don't 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 mess with her. The, the, your prayers will be hindered, man. You know, and and if you wanna uh, make your your prayer request known unto God, don't mess with the things in your house. Honor them, respect them, love them. Don't provoke your children to anger. You know, talk about things. Don't don't hit the wall. You know. Don't go for the bottle. Don't use language that is not right in the ears of children or in the ears of anybody. Go before the Lord. Call someone and say, hey, man, I'm in trouble. Looks like my friend. I'm in trouble. Uh, what should I do? So first thing, you confess. <laughs> Next thing, we'll read God's word. Third thing, find a brother you can lock arms with because I'm going to stick my arm out and be that 2 a.m. guy. Uh, uh, to help you along until you could start walking, and then you're going to do it with somebody else. Amen. 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 Well, Michael, I appreciate you joining me again this time on Central Conversations. We've had a good conversation here talking about being in the Word of God and how the Word of God can uh, have a dramatic influence on your life if we would just just uh, get into the word and allow the word to penetrate into our lives and kind of take residence in our lives. It will help us out so many ways, help us to be able to recognize how much God loves us, helps us to recognize the things that we need to do to honor him and bring him glory, helps us to be able to recognize that strange fire, false mm. teachings that sometimes that we see and, and, and hear uh, but we can't recognize it because we don't know the word. The word has not been hidden in our hearts so that uh, we can recognize that kind of stuff and and uh, and that we can know it and understand it in so many ways. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you being with me. Thank you for inviting me. May God bless you. And may the hearers take a word uh, of this and wisdom and do it. Amen. Amen. Michael will be back with me probably in the next month or so. We'll talk. We'll continue talking about this stuff. We'll look at uh, prayer and we'll look at fellowship and we'll talk about the importance of those things as part of the triangle, the spiritual, spiritual fire triangle, so to speak. And we'll see where God takes us on those things. But I appreciate you joining us here on Intentional Conversation uh, with Mike Salmon. Intentional Conversations is a production of Take Fear Men. A, a men's ministry correlation based out of Hampstead, North Carolina. 
And uh, uh, I ask you that you would do two things for us, that you, number one, that you would continue to pray for us and pray for this ministry and that you would possibly maybe share this podcast with somebody else and let them hear what we have to say about the importance of being uh, in the word of God. But for now, I'm going to leave you with this blessing. I pray that God will give you a rock to stand on, which is his word, that he will give you a brook to drink from which is the cool refreshing of the Holy Spirit within your life, and that he will give you a tree to shade you by, which is the canopy of grace that covers you. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. God bless you, and we'll see you the next time on Intentional Conversations with Mike Salmon.